church. Oh my goodness, it's so good to be back in the building, to have a proper pulpit. It's the first pulpit I've had in, I think, eight months, which is amazing, and live human beings around me. This is, this is amazing, and I have got a word. You know, I've said to Jonathan the last couple of times that I spoke, you know, it was kind of a bit of just be quiet and come together and share a word. Well, I just want to give a little bit of expectation management. I'm feeling like today's going to be a little bit of one of those. It's going to be a, come on, here we go. You know, whether it's because I'm in the building, whether it's because I have a pulpit, I'm not sure what it is, but I know that I know that I know the Lord wants to shift something this morning. I'm ready to do business. I'm ready to see some things change. I'm ready to see some things shift. I have been praying and praying and praying, and God dropped something very specific in my spirit. And I'm going to share that actually at the end of the message. But I want to set us up first before we get there, do a little bit of teaching before we get there. And so I'm going to dive right into it because we don't have a whole lot of time here. And so you might want to, if you're taking notes, just jot down these scriptures initially. We're not going to actually read them. But I want us to look at Ezekiel chapter 37, and we're going to look at Acts chapter 2. I did a women's meeting a few, uh, few months ago, and I talked a lot about Ezekiel 37 and did a whole teaching around that, which I'm not going to get into, but one part of it looked at three similarities between Ezekiel 37 and Acts chapter 2. It's fascinating. And it might be something you maybe even on your own or with your life group may want to go and read these and see if the Lord shows you what else he shows you in there. But there were three things that stood out to me. And I want to use these three as a foundation to where we're going to go today. So we know that in Ezekiel chapter 37, this was a period of Israel's history known as the Babylonian exile. A whole group of Judean leaders had been taken into exile in Babylon. Ten years later, another group of them taken into exile. So in Ezekiel 37, they were in a place of exile. And it is in that place that God brings Ezekiel and he puts him in the center of a valley of dry bones. Who feels like you've been in a valley of dry bones? Looking around, saying, God, what can be done with this? And that's where God placed Ezekiel. And we know that in Ezekiel chapter 37, in verse 7, it talks about how Ezekiel prophesied to those bones. God said, I want you to prophesy to those bones. And he began to prophesy. And it says, suddenly there was a rattling of the bones coming together. And then in Acts chapter 2, again, we're not going to turn there, but in Acts chapter 2, we know this is the beginning of the church. This is where they had been in the upper room waiting. Jesus had died, had risen, had ascended to heaven, and they were in the upper room, and they were waiting to see what God was going to do. And it was in that place in Acts chapter 2 verse 2 that it says, suddenly there was a sound of a rushing wind. So we have suddenly the sound of rattling bones, and we have suddenly the sound of rushing wind. And what happens in both of those places? We get a connection of unity. There is a unity of bones coming together. There is a unity of people coming together. You guys, there is a sound coming that is bringing a unity, a unity in the kingdom of God. And we've got to keep moving here. So the second thing is Ezekiel chapter 37, 
verses 8 and 9, that's where the, the Lord said to Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Get life and breath into these bones. And we know in Acts chapter 2, in verse 2 and verse 3, that suddenly there was a sound of a rushing wind. And what happened when the Spirit of God fell? They began to speak in other tongues. So do you see, not only was there a sound, but there was breath in both Ezekiel 37 and in Acts chapter 2. And ruach, the Hebrew word ruach, which is used in Ezekiel 37 for breath, actually means breath, wind, and spirit. Breath, wind, and spirit. So we see it in Ezekiel 37. And we see it in Acts chapter 2. Not only was there a sound, a connection of unity, but there was an empowerment of the Spirit. The breath of God was poured out. You guys, this is what's happening right now. This is what God is doing. This is the church that he is raising up right now. Not only is there a sound of unity, but there is an empowering of the Spirit. And then moving on, the last one is this, Ezekiel 37, verse 10. It says that God has raised up an exceedingly great army. When all the bones came together and the breath came in there, then he raised up an exceedingly great army. We know in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, that 3,000 people got saved after the pouring out of the Spirit, and Peter began to preach an exceedingly great army. Guys, that is what God is doing. He is not only bringing us in unity, he is not only empowering us in the spirit, but he is raising up an exceedingly great army. That's what he's doing around the world right now in the church of Jesus Christ. And I loved what Jonathan shared last week. I thought it was a perfect setup to what the Lord had put on my spirit. And I want to very quickly revisit some of his points, and hopefully I will do them justice. But these were four things that I wrote down. And he's standing over there so he can correct me if I, if I do this wrong. But the first one was standing at your post. Come on, guys, this is a time to stand at your post. And to, Jonathan said, to hear God, we must be standing. To hear God, we must be standing. Are you standing? You guys, this is a time to stand. This is a time to stand at your post. This is a time to believe again. What has God said to you? You know, several years ago, I was going through quite a difficult time, and it was right at the beginning of the season. You know, sometimes seasons can't be prayed away overnight. I'm all about faith. I'm all about believing. I'm all about instantaneous miracles, but some seasons cannot be prayed away overnight. They need to be journeyed. And I was at the beginning of one of those seasons, and I knew it. In my spirit, I knew it. And I said to the Lord, I was crying because of something that had just happened, and I knew I was at the beginning of a long season. And I said, God, I need a word. I said, give me, give me, a, give me a book of the Bible. And God said, Revelation. And I actually opened my eyes, and I said, I want a different word. <laughs> he said, Revelation. And he led me to Revelation 3, verses 7 and 8, and talks about a wide open door is before you. 
He says, I've seen what you've done, and what stands before you is a wide open door that no man can shut. And I held that verse every day, every week, every month, and every year for a very long time. And I kept declaring, there is a wide open door. 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 Someone needs to stand on the word that God has given you. God has given you a word, and you held it, and you held it, and you stood, and you held it for week after week after month after month after year after year but somewhere in there someone has sat down and God is saying, I want you to stand. I want you to stand again. This is a season to stand because I'm raising you up an exceedingly great army. The second one is this. Are we being the church right now? Jonathan said, are we being the church right now? He said, we need to rebuke anything that is not of God. Not only do we need to stand, but we need to rebuke. The third thing is this. We have the authority to stop what the enemy is trying to do in this nation. And what I put down there is persist. We don't do this once. We persist at this. We have an authority to stop what the enemy's trying to do, but we must persist, we must resist, because he's not going to just sit down quietly. So I stand, and not only do I stand, I rebuke, and then I persist, and then the fourth one was this, God is building this church not to retreat, but to advance. Do you see the order of this? I stand, I rebuke, I persist, and I will advance. Do you see Ezekiel 37 and Acts chapter 2? There is a unity coming together. There is an empowerment of the Spirit there. And we are an exceedingly great army. That is who we are in Jesus Christ. That's who we are, church. But when you have year after year after year, or even month after month after month of difficulty, it gets very hard to believe that. I saw a post on, I think it was Facebook or something recently, and I thought it was great. It says, today marks the three-year anniversary of 2020. (laughs) Because doesn't it feel like we've been in 2020 for about three years? Like, oh, yeah, we're here again. Can we not get out? It's like, please let me out of 2020. No, that's not what we should be saying. We should be saying, Lord, please empower me for 2021. Please empower me for what you have coming up. Please help me get everything I need in this moment for everything that's around the corner because I know that things are shifting, because I know that I'm part of an exceedingly great army, because I know that I'm empowered by the Spirit, because I know that I'm not in this by myself, but I am in unity with those around me. Oh my goodness, somebody give me an amen from somewhere. That's what God is doing and that's who we are. But what can happen is we get discouraged, disillusioned, and disappointed. So that's where we are. I'll tell you in a minute where I believe God is taking us. But it would be wrong for me not to acknowledge the pain in the moment. We can get all excited, and yes, yay, I'm an army. But right now, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to fight off the sickness? How am I going to restore my marriage? In that place right there, who am I? And where is God? And when you've been in that place for a long time, trust me, I know. It's very easy to sit down, to sit back, to not resist, to stop rebuking, and to ask for a time out. And I want to speak into that for a minute, looking at Exodus 
Where am I? Exodus chapter 5. In Exodus chapter 5, we see, and again, we don't have time to, to look through the whole of the scripture, but I think we know, or many of us know, that they had been in slavery for 400 years, the Israelites' slavery for 400 years. And God spoke to Moses at a burning bush, and he said to Moses, I want you to go and set the people free. And so Moses goes to set the people free, and he goes up to Pharaoh, and he basically says, uh, excuse me, would you, would, you, would you mind freeing them? And, of course, Pharaoh, the enemy, says uh, no. In fact, what happens is it goes from bad to worse. Has anybody had something go from bad to worse this year? Have you felt like it's gone from bad to worse? Like, okay, didn't think it could get any worse, and then something else happens. Many are in this bad to worse season right now, or feeling that it's gone from bad to worse. And what, what Pharaoh said is he said, instead of just making bricks, now we're going to make them collect the straw to make the bricks. And so it has gone from that place where Moses thought he was going to help, and suddenly things are getting worse. And we see in Exodus chapter 5, verse 22, This great verse, Moses turned to the Lord and he said, Oh Lord, why have you done evil to the people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he's done evil to his people. Why did you ever send me? Why, God, did you put me here? Why am I in this situation? You know, some of us at the beginning of the year were excited. Change is coming. And then now we're like, God, why? It seems to have gone from bad to worse. But if you continue, now you look at Exodus 6, verse 1. It says, But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will send them out. With a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. Now you shall see what I will do to the enemy. That's what God is saying. Now. Now you shall see what I'm going to do. Sometimes we have to be positioned in a place we don't want in order to defeat the enemy in a way that we had only dreamed. Sometimes we have to be positioned in a place we don't want in order to defeat the enemy in a way that we have only dreamed. The church has dreamed of revival. The church has dreamed of seeing sick people healed. The church has dreamed of seeing a move of God. The church has dreamed of seeing a nation turned back to God. The church has dreamed of seeing Jesus raised up high and seeing his name declared across the nation. The church has dreamed of this. Maybe we're actually in the position we need to be to see it happen. If we continue... Exodus chapter 6, verse 2. God spoke to Moses and he said, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to, go, to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians held as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. Now, I want you to notice how many times he says, I will. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will deliver you 
from slavery. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people. I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from the burden of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession, for I am the Lord. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. And one commentary I read said that that I will is written in the present tense. God isn't saying, yeah, I will do that one day. He's saying, I will. And when I say I will, it is finished. It is now. It is done. And you can go walk in it. And I began to think of the I wills that we see in the New Testament. And there are so many more. I literally just did a brain dump of the ones I could think of. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will... I will heal you. I will provide for you. I will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper. I will go and prepare a place. I will come again. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. That's what God is saying to us. But this verse, right after that, Exodus chapter 6, verse 9, is so poignant for some people today. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. They couldn't hear him because centuries of slavery had made them, self, made them see themselves as slaves and not as part of the covenant of God. And we know when God tried to take them into the promised land, they saw themselves as grasshoppers, not as giant killers. And I believe that that's what's happening to a lot of people. The discouragement, the disillusionment, the frustration, the things that you have been waiting for, the dreams that have been on that shelf for way too many years have brought many people into this place of feeling like slaves, into this place of feeling like I've been enslaved for so long, and just when I thought there was hope coming to me, suddenly things went from bad to worse. Great, you're preaching. I will, I will. God will do it. Well, that all sounds really good, but I've got a broken spirit because of the years of slavery. And I want to speak to that. And I want to say, I understand it. I get it. I don't know what you're going through, but I've been there. But what I want to do is I want to speak to the spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you. I'm not speaking to your soul. I'm not speaking to your mind or your emotions, your flesh. I'm speaking to the spirit of God inside of you right now. And I'm saying to you, come on. You are part of unity. You are empowered by the spirit. And you are part of an exceedingly great army. Don't allow the slavery that you know to be more comfortable than the future you desire. Because the minute we do that, our courage gets swallowed up with fear. Don't let the slavery you know, the disappointment you know, the frustration that you know, the deferred hope that you know to be more comfortable than the future that you really desire. The word that God's given you that he's spoken to you, that he has spoken over you. If fear is still talking in your life, in my life, then slavery is still holding. 
So my question is, is fear still talking? Is disappointment still talking? Is disillusionment still talking? If so, there's an opportunity for slavery to still hold. And you're not one to be enslaved. You're one to go into that promised land. You guys, we're in a season that feels like slavery, of restriction, of holding back, of isolation. But just because we're in a season of it, I'm not coming under that. Don't allow that to become a mindset. Don't allow that to become the normal. That's not the new normal. That might be the new normal that's around us in the world. I'm telling you what, in the spirit, that is not the new normal. The new normal in the spirit is we are being raised up in exceedingly great army. The new normal in the spirit is we are in a place of unity. We are getting empowered as a church. I don't say that because it's just a great, wonderful, fun thing to say. I say it because I know it in my spirit. I know that that is what God is saying. So let me finish with this. Ezekiel chapter 37. So if we go to Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 37, back to the valley of dry bones. Now this is the word that God said to me. In Ezekiel 37, it says this, then he said, son of man, these bones of the whole house of Israel, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, we are cut off. They felt dried up and cut off, but then this is the word God said. I was walking through the house, I was praying for the message, and God said this, Jen, he said, dead bones are rising. Dead bones are rising. Andy, can you go over to the keys? Dead bones are rising. Dead bones are rising. And I went to my phone and I put it in my phone and I said, dead bones are rising. And when I put it in, I stopped and I said, Lord, I don't really mean to be rude, but I'm pretty sure it says dry bones are rattling. And he said, dead bones are rising. And then he took me back to Ezekiel 37. And it says in verse 12, prophesy and say, Behold, I will open your graves. I will raise you from your graves. I will bring you into the land of Israel. You will know that I'm your Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you. You shall live. I will place you in your own land. You shall know that I'm the Lord. I have spoken this and I will do this. God is placing us right now. We are coming into a season of placement. He is placing you not because the dry bones were rattling. He's placing you because the dead bones are rising. That's where he placed. He took the dead bones out of the grave and he said, I'm placing them somewhere. And I want to declare over you right now that dead bones are rising. I want to declare whatever that situation is for you right now, dead bones are rising. Wherever that marriage has broken down, wherever your finances are being held back, wherever that job hasn't come through, wherever that sickness has taken hold and that healing hasn't come about, I want to declare we are in a season of dead bones rising. I say dead bones are rising in your family. Dead bones are rising in your faith. Dead bones are rising in your community. Dead bones are rising in your home. Dead bones are rising with your children. Dead bones are rising on your body put your hand on your body right now and say dead bones are rising put your hand on your your pocketbook dead bones are rising put your hand over your your job dead bones are rising dead bones are rising that's where God's taken us dry bones have rattled us but dead bones are rising us and you are being placed in exceedingly great army. God bless you, church.